Hello and welcome to the People in Flow podcast. In this episode we speak to Sandy Dennis, founder of Confidence to Return. Sandy is a seasoned specialist in employee support and return to work and bereavement programs. She works with professionals and employers alike, coaching, training and mentoring individuals and teams through some of life's most challenging times. Welcome Sandy, Um, can you please introduce us and tell us a little bit about yourself to our listeners? Yes, sure, Ray. Um, My name is Sandy Dennis, and um, I'm the owner of a business called Confidence to Return. And what we do is we help employers and their HR teams to support members of their workforce, more or less when they're having or facing some of their biggest personal challenges. And we do that through um, our coaching, mentoring and training programs. And these are via and around return to work, grief and bereavement, and returnship programs. Oh, lovely, thank you. So they're quite specialised areas, aren't they? And what was the motivation to start up Confidence to Return? It was actually my own personal experience um, that led me to starting up my own business. Um, My corporate career ended in, sadly, ended in December 2001. And at the time, I was working for one of Europe's biggest publishers in the advertising department. And it was a very pressurised job um, I had to bring in five million pounds worth of new business a year. But I, it, you know, I was driven. I was ambitious. I loved my job. I worked to, I lived to work basically. So that's where I was at. But then in um, around 1999, 2000, I had a lot of personal challenges and losses all in the one sort of space of time, and I didn't really work through them. And I carried on working and, and you know strove to carry on with the same efficiency that I had. And then about six months after this big bulk of sort of losses and challenges, one morning I just couldn't get out of bed one day and I had what I'd describe as flu-like symptoms. And um, I then was off work for around six months. And during that time, I just couldn't get a diagnosis. I didn't know what was wrong with me. I fell into quite a depression because my life changed significantly. And after the six months in the December of 2001, uh, the company actually asked me to leave. So after around that time, I kind of just lost everything. And uh, so it took me a number of years to get diagnosed. I finally got diagnosed with ME chronic fatigue syndrome. And it was after that that I could really rebuild my life because then I knew exactly what was wrong with me even though I'd lost everything and I could slowly rebuild my life and over the sort of next few years I worked in a school which was one of the greatest first healing moments for me. I worked in a primary school with uh, reception children and uh, key stage one and two and I did that for around five years and also around that time I had a family member ask me to sort of build a business for them from scratch so I built a brand and a business and set up suppliers and um, everything to do around a new business, I sort of set it up. And I around that time decided to sort of retrain in areas, more more really to discover uh, and develop myself and look at the reasons why I suffered with depression, uh, what happened during my illness, all the sort of areas. So I trained in lots and lots of different modalities, more on a personal level to begin with. Mm. And then as things progressed, I realized that I really had a passion and a purpose to really want to help other employees to not um, end their career how I did and work along HR teams and sort of bring back these employees who are so experienced and valuable to have confidence, to maybe help 
with a phased return and for them to continue with their careers, not to end them like mine did. Um, and it just became such a passion and purpose and it's been several years now and I just love what I do and I look back and I think that was meant to happen to me in 2000, you know, around that time. It was obviously meant to happen because now I now help and support and mentor so many more employees and having faced things myself, I can actually utilise my skills and my experience to help them forward to not give up their careers but progress in them. So that's really, um, that's really how I was sort of motivated to start it. But how the business has grown really is that my clients, my HR teams, my employers have shaped my, my sort of programs because they bring me clients with issues, uh, with challenges, personal challenges they're facing. And so I adapt, I'm adapting all the time and I'm always having training to develop all the time. I think that's essential with something that I do that you don't stop still. The world's always turning and there's always new issues that are coming out, especially with um, things that are in the media that are brought forward, especially recently has been a, you know, an avalanche of things that have happened um, that are coming out in business. Um, and, and so therefore I'm retraining all the time and developing so that I can be the best and support my employees the best way I can, really. Well, you sound clearly very passionate about what you do, and that really that really comes through when you're talking about um, your business. Um, I think your clients are exceptionally lucky to have you there to support them. Um, who are your? Can you give us a little bit more information about who you are your typical clients? My typical clients are, um, as far as sort of HR teams, I deal with several law firms. Um, we also have a UK retail train uh, chain, sorry, a UK retail chain that has all the stores all across the UK, so the staff within the stores, and also the staff within the head office. And I'm called upon as and when uh, certain challenges or certain um, issues uh, are mm. sort of developed. I've also um, we've got a manufacturing company, an investment company, and also an HR consultancy company that has around about 100 SME employers within their books so as and when so I can reach all the small to medium you know enterprises all these small businesses out there mm. that won't have maybe an HR function or team um, and that I can be relied on and I come in and support and, and mentor members of, of um, you know within businesses as well and um, other than that I've got a, a um, we've got a few more coming on board um, as well, all within that sort of sector as well, those sectors. So it's very diverse. It's not sort of, um, you know, that it's it's so diverse as in um, because it, it, it suits either an employer who's got maybe under 250 um, um, staff members and also to a larger company that has an HR function where I work alongside them or the business owner. So I wanted to really be, be available to um, all companies, all sectors, no matter how many employees they have. Wonderful. So it's, it's fantastic that you can support such a, a wealth of different industries and such a range of, you know, different um, size of organisations as well. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about the um, Confidence to Return programmes which you and your team run? Yeah, so we have, um, there are three different programmes. The first is a return to work after either becoming a new parent, which is in the form of maternity and paternity coaching. Um, also, returning to work after you faced an illness or had an illness, coming back to work, maybe you've had some, there's been some treatment involved and it's actually the return element, or it's actually um, whilst 
um, an employee actually has of an illness. So it might be through the whole stages of the illness from diagnosis and having treatment all the way through to their return. Or um, maybe another challenge such as a trauma that an employee's face or any sort of challenge that's affecting them in some sort of way that they, they may be off work for. The second programme is the grief and bereavement programmes and that's really when an employee has um, had the sad news of a personal bereavement and obviously they've been taking some time off work and they're returning back to work and they're trying to have the transition of coming back to work um, after you know having facing a loss and also within that there may be um, I, I also um, support employees, employers, when they've had maybe a death within the business, just had maybe a sudden death where an employee mm. has had a death, and it's actually supporting the teams that that affects, or the whole business in some in some cases. And then the final program is a returners program, and this is a sort of coaching and mentoring. Um, program that really is based for companies who want to have a recruitment drive to bring essentially people back to work who are valuable and experienced who have had a time out of the business for a particular time and they want to re-employ they want to have a recruitment drive and re-employ them or, um, to get these people after a long break and bring them back into back into um, the area of, of the business that they're in for example engineering and they want to bring in lots of um, women who have been off maybe caring for children back into the workplace so um, that's an exciting part as well because um, you know it's it's having the coaching and mentoring stage where um, helping women come back into the workplace after a period of time. Um, do you support um, say you know the family unit is not the traditional family unit anymore we you know we've grown into sex uh, same-sex parenting um, couples adopting children you know paternity leave for fathers um, do you have any confidence to return programs which help these people's needs yes because um, as you know Ray the family format um, you know has really changed over a number of years mm. so you know our programs are developed what, what we want to do is be totally inclusive so as I mentioned earlier we offer paternity coaching to new dads it's a slightly different element to the maternity coaching because it deals with certain different aspects such as gender bias and expectations of men when they become a new dad and returning back to work um, but also we've had quite a few recently where we've had same-sex couples, for example, we've had um, a lawyer and a doctor who went through egg donation. And so it really is exactly the same process because we don't want to discriminate and it's tailor-made and bespoke to individuals. So although we have programs that we sort of run alongside, they are completely bespoke. Um, because situations, um, circumstances are never the same. And as and when I get um, a request, for example, for um, a same-sex couple or couples adopting, I've even had that, same-sex couples adopting, where I have to come in quite quickly because all of a sudden the adoption agreement has been put through. And so um, several of the companies that I deal with actually provide support for um, you know whether or not it's the same sex, whether it's egg donation, sperm donation, whether it's uh, adoption, and I'm available to them. And the programs are just adjusted for that. And usually, as I said, it's on quite a, um, a quick basis that I have to react quite quickly and and uh, come in and support them. And again, it's all the way through until they return to work as well. So, so really, there's no difference as such. It's just that it's bespoke to the element, you know, whether it's same sex or you know um, adoption. So. Um, so we facilitate all family 
um, units, no matter which way and how, how their format is. Wonderful. Um, so I have a few friends who have um, who are mums and they've taken time out of work <clears throat> and they are looking, you know, to get back into work. And I know personally that they have these uh, concerns about them um, not being confident and not perhaps having the skills that they need to get back into the workforce or to fit in with the teams there. Um, how could you help a parent who has been away from work for a number of years and is thinking of returning to work? Well, you're absolutely right. There's there's a number of reasons why women aren't you know haven't returned to work. The main the main reason, as I said mentioned earlier, is because they're they're the key um, child carer, um, and research has shown that um, women really want to come back more or less on average when uh, a child goes to school, whether it be sort of four or five years old, or then again there's a big influx around when the, the child reaches sort of eleven years of age or they may have had an illness like I suffered with previously and they're returning to work after years of, and they've come through the other side of it. Um, or maybe they've been a carer for someone and, and now the caring situation has changed and they really want to get back to work. So um, these these are really valuable and experienced um, women who, like you say, it's exactly the same way that, that you know they've maybe lost confidence. They even interview techniques. They may have even you know can't even remember you know what what would be the best things to wear to work. This yes. there's all these practical things as well as mm. psychological emotional issues. So um, really, um, I work alongside companies who actually have these this recruitment drives and I have the coaching and mentoring program for them. There's one in particular that I work alongside called STEM Recruiters. And so if any of your friends are within the science, technology, engineering or maths sort of remits, um, then STEM Returners work alongside um, these industries and um, there's certain companies out there, engineering companies for example, who are specifically looking for these women who have had a career, let's say in engineering, and are, you know they really want to pinpoint these women and bring them back into the workforce. And so then our STEM returners are then finding these people and then they're, they're having a coaching and mentoring program with me and then they're going to their interviews and they're, they're um, taking it from there and, and getting jobs and, and we look at in detail as I mentioned the transferable skills, interview techniques, social media pages, we go into detail and get them really prepared to be confident to, to um, you know be able to go get through these interviews and basically start restart their careers. Fantastic. So um, it's just incredible how much you can support these people and what you can do for them and how you can build them up to then, you know, go off and be where they were at the very, you know, at the start sort of thing, isn't it? Mm, yes. And the final question, Sandy, is over time, have there been any noticeable changes with the areas or topics that you're supporting people on? You know, with the pressures that we all have with work and, and added pressure. Um, that's that's been placed on employees um, and possibly employers too. Is there anything that's really noticeable uh, that's changed within, say, the last two years? Yes, actually, Ray, that I've really noticed um, some big changes. I mean, within returning parents, um, the sort of help that I give uh, between um, sort of being a bit of an intermediary between new parents and HR, so that's sort of how I help employers. Um, also, a lot of assistance around flexible working hours. That's something that's, um, you know, 
something that I work through with the um, with the programs that I offer that we look at all the reflexible working hours what could be considered and then put it forward to HR and then the parents can then go off and enjoy their rest of their maternity leave work alongside me and look forward to um, returning to work and after realness um, I've really noticed that it seems to be that there, there can often be another real issue behind the diagnosis. So, for example, if a, an employee has been signed off, let's say, with stress, a stress-related anxiety issue, um, I'm actually a trained workplace mediator as well. So I can sort of get to the bottom of things and find out what's really going on behind the issue. And sometimes it's just literally, I've had a situation recently where the employee was off with stress but it's because in the workplace they felt some sort of victimization going on at some point. And so I was able to come in as, as with my mediator hat on and sort of reserve any um, situation that was going on. And then the, this particular client had a phased return back to work. Um, so that's one area, another area. And then within the bereavement area, I've seen, um, I have at the moment, I have a, um, a client who's, who is suffering with crippling grief and I've been able to support her into a phased return back to work and um, we've had a process of time with this and now she's back to work um, full time. So they're the sort of areas that I can help with employees but the, the main changes that I've noticed within the sort of return to work with the illness side of things, um, I remember reading in about 2013, I think it was, Macmillan put out um, a document that said that by 2020, one in two people will be diagnosed with some sort of cancer. And at the time in 2013, I really didn't think it would be an issue. I thought maybe it was a bit of an exaggeration. But the main calls and the main um, inquiries that we're getting are where employees have had some sort of cancer diagnosis. And it seems to be it's heading in that direction. So the main changes are with um, the sort of size with cancer and we are we now offer training to staff we support staff we support on a one-to-one -one level with the employees actually um, going through the, the obviously cancer and um, maybe the person with cancer actually wants to return to work with some, some normality so we've just recently had that actually happen where we've facilitated some training for the person to actually return back to work um, so that's sort of one area and then um, we also give quite a lot of guidance as well. We've had lots of, especially around um, the gender pay gap. That was more earlier this year. That was the main thing that employers were asking me about. So uh, gender pay gap, staff retention, um, also um, lots around shared parental leave. That's a new area that I get asked a lot about. And really what employers really are concerned about is becoming an employer of choice and how they can facilitate their employees and retain staff so they've got all these um, you know experienced valuable st staff who may on a leaving interview for example they've had a child and they leave and they don't exactly know why they're leaving or there's some issues around that so the main the, the inquiries I'm getting more and more about you know how they can reduce the gender pay gap so our programs are great for that um, and how staff retention, how they can keep um, their, you know, their valuable staff members, how to become an employer of choice, um, as I mentioned, and you know, looking at shared parental leave and why there's not so much take up. There's only actually two percent of males that take up 
shared parental leave in the UK and I'm writing a blog about this shortly because I'm researching it and wondering why there's only 2% when it's such a, you know, it's a legal requirement for businesses and it's also, a, you know, a great opportunity for, for males if it's, you know, obviously, um, let's say male-female situation where they can actually take over when the mum returns back to work and they can have some time off. So we're looking more and more into, I'm getting more inquiries on that. And also as well, um, mentorships, that's another thing. There's all these amazing champions within firms who have gone through through lots of personal issues and challenges, like for myself, you know, if I'd gone back into my business, uh, you know, in 2001, having experienced what I did, I, I would have been a fantastic sort of mentor to people who maybe had some issues in yeah. mental health or whatever. And so I'm really a championing in this sort of mentorship so and I've actually facilitated that I'm implementing it with the law firm at the moment where they're using um, we've got um, I've been coaching a phenomenal um, full-time mum who has two young children and she's going back to the work after a second child and she's just such a great advocate for you know how she's struggling everything and how she's coping with everything and so utilizing people within the champions within the firms to actually then mentor employees within the firms and uh, you know there's that, that collaboration that's going on within firms so that's kind of the main sort of areas it's um that i've noticed is the cancer side of things that's developing the gender pay gap all the areas that i've mentioned yeah. uh, and flexible working seems to come up time again i think flexible working in the next 10 years is going to be especially with millennials it's going to be a real changing area. I think people working from home more or working wherever, you know, their laptop is um, and logging on and billing clients and things like that and actually working more from home and maybe coming in from putting, you know, baby to bed and then starting work, you know, into the evening. Yes. These are the areas that I'm getting asked about um, frequently by employers on how they can maximise their staff, retain them, but sort of get the most out of them and have a flexibility so that they don't leave and so they, they can retain um, these valuable people. So I think they're the, they're the sort of main areas, Ray, at the moment that, that I'm being asked for. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you very much, Sandy. So if there's somebody out there listening who is thinking, oh, I could do with um, perhaps looking into this a little bit more and getting in touch with you, what's the best way, Sandy? Well, the main way is um, to give me a call on my mobile um, or to email me, sandy at competencetoreturn.co.uk um, and I can then obviously answer any questions and um, maybe have a visit as well and, and discuss whatever the employee's concerns are um, and, and take it from there. And, um, and other than that, I'm on Facebook. And LinkedIn as well. So, and I'm often, you know, blogging and putting up all sorts of posts and articles as things happen with clients. So, to follow me on LinkedIn as well would be, you know, advantageous to anyone who, you know, there may be something coming up that they're dealing with an HR team. Yeah. And I'm, I actually might write a blog about it at that time because it's something I'm being asked about, facing, you know, and helping clients through. It sounds like it's your next journey, Sandy, to write that book. <laughs> Thank you very much for your time today, Sandy. It's fascinating hearing all about the fantastic work that you do um, to keep people happy at work and to keep the balance in work. Um, so thank you very much for your time. Thank you, Ray, for the opportunity as well. Really You're very welcome. Thank you for listening to episode 42 of the People in Flow podcast. If you'd like to know more about the topics discussed, click on the links in the description and tune in for the next episode. Thank you for listening.